Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. Whoa, what a great night. Exciting. So good to see all of you Monday night. Pastor Jeff, it's an interesting heat. Uh, I, a matter of fact, I was here last year and spoke at Prepare, and I, I've done it. I've come every year on the Sunday, but he asks me to come. I've probably done four or five uh, of these events, and years ago, uh, he asked me, and I nev- I have a, I'm faithful to my word. If I say I'm going to go preach somewhere, it's like, you know, unless I'm sick, which is, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it. And so he goes, he goes, Pastor Steve, man, I've got you. We got this Monday night. This is 10 years ago. He goes, it's going to be amazing. We're so excited. I said, man, I'm praying. I'm believing God. I got a message burning in my heart. I mean, I, God has spoken to me. I've got a word for Milestone. He goes, man, I'm so excited. God, this is so, man, I'm so excited. And then I found out that LSU was playing in the national championship on Monday night. And I said, Pastor Jeff, I really want to get out of it. He said, what about God's word? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Oh, man, I I just love you guys. I I love being a part of Milestone Church. As Pastor Jeff said, Brandy leaned over during the worship time and right afterwards. We've known you guys 24 years. We actually met 23, 24 years ago in the back of a van at a church conference. And Jennifer and I had just fallen in love with this couple and and uh, our kids grew up together, and we've kind of all known one another. It's funny, my son, who's here with me, uh, Pastor Jeff has done, we've never done any kind of revival meetings during the week. Uh, we're big small group church Bible teaching. And, and so last year, he goes, you need to do prepare, man. You need to do prepare. I said, all right, I'm going to do it. I didn't know anything was going to happen. You know, and we have an auditorium kind of about like this. You know, it was just packed out. I think, Jeff, this is amazing. I said, we're going to do it next year. And so we got prepare part two. So my son told me this week, he goes, Dad, we're going to Pastor Jeff. He's doing prepare two. Did he copy that from you? <laughs> Come on. No, son, we actually got it from your uncle, Pastor Jeff. But anyway, how many of y'all excited to be in church? Come on, Monday night. Man, excited to be in church. I do want to say for all of you that are guests or, or maybe just new to Milestone Church, uh, it is a privilege. I've been here from the very beginning, and matter of fact, my pastor, Pastor Jacob Aranza, and I, praying with Pastor Jeff, uh, we, we were part of the launch uh, in the cafetorium, and, uh, and, and I am so proud, and I, and I mean this, I do have the privilege of sitting on the board uh, as a pastoral overseer, and uh, I am a little bit older than Pastor Jeff, and and, and I'm just so proud of this couple and what God is. It, I was just thinking during worship, like, it's just all God. And, and it's also your obedience and, and your consecration to God and to the call of God and what God is doing at Milestone Church. And the thing I love about Pastor Jeff is he's a pastor. He loves being a pastor. Can I have a big amen right there? there there's a lot, and I say this very respectfully, there's a lot of preachers that aren't pastors. And, and I love the fact that Pastor Jeff loves this church. He talks about you guys, this miracles. He knows, it's like, how do you, he's like, knows all these stories and all, and it's, that's what, that's what pastors do. And so if you're, if you're new here and maybe you're just coming in this environment and man, I heard they open up some seats. They finally have room and now y'all are out of room again. And, but, 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 but what you have is, is pastor Jeff's a great Bible teacher. There's systems, all that stuff, but, but, but you're hearing the heart of a pastor. And, and, and it's a family, and, and, and maybe you came, moved from another city, or maybe you came from Michigan, but, but I would just say, just take it in, just, just take it in of how Milestone Church, and, and God has called this church, and this, it's, by the way, there's lots of great churches there, but this is a, a, a unique church here too, and so uh, as, as you walk with Pastor Jeff and Brandy and the team here, and, and I want to say this, we are learning from, from you guys. I can't wait to hear Pastor Jeff even tomorrow. And so the true gift of a pastor, Bible teacher, leader. How many are grateful for Pastor Jeff? And I mean that. It's amazing. I told him this last year, and I take credit for it. But I, I really believe this in, in the fear of the Lord. And I mean this. I believe that God is, and I say this in the fear of God, that God is raising up Pastor Jeff to be a pastoral example in our nation. Because, because 
the gift of a pastor is becoming a rare gift. And I, and I mean that, Jeff. So it's an it's a honor to be here. M- many of you, as you come into a new year, you are, by the way, go back to 40 minutes. Start that clock over again. I know where that old lady is. Don't take my time away for that. But, but, but many of you, that was funny. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> it's not my church, but <laughs> I apologize. I'm like, start that, run that thing again. But anyway, you know, New Year's are, are exciting, but they're tough for people. Let me tell you why they're excited. New faith, new optimism. People are excited, believe in God. The problem is, is that, that, that some of you came last year to prepare or they came to the very first you know, weeks of church and, and, and pastors usually talk about dreaming big. There'll be guest speakers, believing God. And, and, and the fact is, 2023 didn't work out the way that you thought it was gonna work out. Matter of fact, the very issue that you brought into 2023 that you were believing God for, it really wasn't resolved. And now you're at this kind of moment where you've got to believe again. You've got to dream again. And, and, and you're excited about tomorrow night, Pastor Jim and Tara and all these preachers and, and Pastor Jeff's series. But, but, but inside of you, it's almost like, it's like, can I really dream again? And you're going to have to make a decision to lower that wall. Because the truth is, many of you, as we move into the new year, you're still facing impossibilities, seemingly. Seemingly insurmountable obstacles. And they stare at you, circumstances. But I, but I just want to kind of lay out some things right on the front end, and then I'm going to jump into my text. But... If you are bound by bad habits and addictions, I want to say this, there is hope for you. Hear what I'm about to say. If you are facing days of dark depression and anxiety, there's hope for you. If you are battling a disease physically, there's hope for you. If you are locked up, fearful, and afraid of life, because of some sort of phobia, there's hope for you. If your marriage is literally right at the end, Pastor, if you think it was on the end last year, I mean, we are literally right at the end. There's hope for you. If you have a prodigal son or a daughter that you've been believing God and it looks like they've gotten worse and worse and worse and worse, there is hope hope for you. And let me tell you why. Because in Jesus Christ, there's hope. How many are grateful for the power of Christ and what he can do in our lives? I know a lot of people, reminds me of the story of the the boxer, they're in the ring and this boxer is going back and forth and and he literally is getting his tail whooped. His eyes bloody, his his mouth's cut open, he's he's got cuts literally all over. And, and And his trainer in the ring is going, you're doing great. You're amazing. That guy's barely touching you. Finally, between the rings, I mean, between the rounds, the guy comes back and the guy goes, it's amazing. You're doing great. That guy is barely, I mean, you've got him. And he stopped and he looked at his trainer and said, listen, if I'm doing so great and that guy's barely touching me, then somebody's got to keep his eye on the ref because that guy's knocking me out. No smooth talking sometimes can encourage somebody when your circumstances say otherwise. I don't come with some smooth, slick talk. I'm going to open the Bible. We believe in the Word of God, and we believe there's power in the Word of God to deal with whatever you're dealing with, whatever situation, whatever circumstance. There's real power, genuine power. I'm not doing a TED talk tonight. We're going to open the word, and in God's word, there's life and there's power to heal, deliver, and rescue. We believe in the living word. We believe in God's word. That's what I love about Pastor Jeff. That's what I love about Milestone Church. Unfortunately, the condition for some of you feels hopeless. The good news is the Bible is filled with hope. 
Mark chapter 10, verse 27, but Jesus looked at them and said, with men, it's impossible. That's some of your situations. In the natural, it looks impossible, but with God. Everyone say, with God. But with God, all things are possible. The scripture gives a glimpse of Jesus. I love in the book of Acts where the writer talks, Luke talks about the ministry of Jesus. I love in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, He says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went around doing what? Say it. Good. Healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Jesus literally found himself right in the midst of impossible situations in the natural. And again, that's where many of you are. I love pastor talking about 2,600 people praying, crying out to God. We got from you guys, and and we'll have them in our church, prayer walls. And and Pastor Jeff was coaching me last year. Make sure you have your prayer walls up and prayer requests. And and, and pastor, all of the desperate situations. By the way, Jesus found himself in the Gospels right in situations like that. Sicknesses and leprosy and disease and broken scenarios, broken people. And he brought healing to them. He healed the woman with the issue of blood. I spoke about that last year. He restored the woman who was caught in adultery, broke the chain off of her life. If you've been around Milestone Church very long, you're going to see that God, we believe, God miraculously rescues people. He rescues people in hopeless situations. That's the good news. Everyone say good news. If we trust God with the situation that we're dealing with, And we're believing God for the miraculous. The reality is God does miracles. And I believe in 2024, God is going to do miracles. But there's often a process attached to it. I think one of the big misnomers that people have is when they come into a situation, a big faith moment, everybody's believing God, there's prayer lists, people are like, man, I'm believing God for a miracle. Can I tell you this? So am I. But let's be careful to think that all miracles have to happen instantaneous. Oftentimes we pray for something, God starts moving, God starts doing something, and we somehow believe that if it doesn't happen immediately, God doesn't do a miracle. Sometimes there's a process. Sometimes God wants us engaged at a deeper level. It's not just praying a prayer of faith, but sometimes we got to walk it out. we got to position ourselves. By the way, sometimes your miracle is also connected to other people experiencing a miracle. And so this process is important. Uh, I want to talk to you about conquering or overcoming impossibilities, but, but, but I want to do it a little bit different. I, I, I don't want to dampen your faith. I want to build your faith, but I want to give you perspective of how to see the miraculous happen. And so many times we give up. We give up because we were believing for the, inst- in the instantaneous, but sometimes there's a process. I think, I think about in the gospel, Luke chapter 17, where when Jesus was, these lepers came up to Jesus and, and, and they're crying out to be healed and, and Jesus turns and looks at him and, he, and you know what he says to him? Here's what he says. And he could have just absolutely, bam, and healed him right there. And he says, go show yourself to the priest. One guy looks at the other guy, that's a little conjecture. Why are we doing that? Isn't this the healing dude? Just heal us. And the Bible says they literally turn around and they say, why do they have to go show themselves to the priest? Because leprosy was a curse, physical curse, a spiritual curse. They were ostracized from society. As they got to a priest, a priest had to deem a leper clean to be reintegrated. The Bible says as they went, they were healed. He could have healed them right there, but they had to participate in the miracle. How about Mark chapter 8? there was a place called Bethesda and there was this guy who was blind and, and his buddies brought him to Jesus because Jesus opens eyes. And so the miracle, the miracle worker, you know what he does? He spits in his hand and he puts it on the guy's eye. The guy's blind. And the guy goes, and Jesus, Jesus says this. He goes, what do you see? He goes, um, I see, I see, Trees, I mean, I see people, they look like trees, and they're walking a little bit. And Jesus goes, okay. Now, right there, 
right there the guy could have gone, wait a minute, I thought, it was, I, thought I was going to get on my sight and I was going to see everything. Right there, that guy could have walked away from the altar call and said, Jesus doesn't do miracles. You know what? He didn't heal my marriage. I mean, after all, I was believing God. and I mean, it kind of got better a little bit, but, 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 but I still have problems. Wait a minute, I was praying for deliverance from drugs, and, 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 and I prayed the prayer, and I kind of got off of drugs, but I'm still kind of on them. Well, don't give up after the first prayer. There's another spit coming. That was good. I just made that up, by the way. Now, we don't, we're not a spit in church. I just want to qualify that. But, but don't. The, the, the Bible actually says, so Jesus spit again. Everybody say, spit again. He spit again, and he prayed for him again. Now, now I know what you, I, you know how preachers are, right? If they pray for somebody, and they kind of get healed, but not really healed. Of course, it's never the preacher's fault. It's the person's fault. So whose fault was this? You think Jesus didn't have faith? I got didn't have faith? I don't know who it was, but I know Jesus has the power. I, maybe Jesus was teaching us the power of process. Maybe he knew that there'd be thousands of people with challenges at Milestone Church and there would be a prayer and they would get a little bit better, but they had to stay in the game to really see recovery. Oh, wow. The power of process. Wow, I, 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 I'm believing for a miracle. Don't misunderstand. Miracles sometimes are instantaneous. but Sometimes it's a process. What you're dealing with, I am believing God for 100% healing. But don't stop because there's another spit coming. Don't, don't stop where your marriage is because there's another touch coming. Don't, don't stop. I, I want to talk to you about what I believe is one of the greatest examples in the Bible tonight of where God does a miracle in partnership with human beings. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open to Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. I'm going to read a little bit more scripture than I usually do. I'm going to give you context, then I'm going to give you three concepts from this. How many of y'all excited to jump into God's words? That was three people. Come on now. How many of y'all excited to get into God's word? Remember the message tonight. It's overcoming impossibilities Understanding the power process. God does miracles, sometimes instantaneous. By the way, Pastor, I love instantaneous miracles. We all do. But sometimes it requires a process. Don't stop. Another spit's coming. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked. And behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, no, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worship and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, everyone say see, that's going to be big. See, I've given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. And you shall march around the city, all of you men of war, you shall go all around the city once. And this you shall do six days, and the seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And it shall come to pass... When they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. Verse 20. And so the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. As we come on the scene, we find the children of Israel at a critical point in their journey into the promised land. The children of Israel had crossed the Jordan River. They'd started into the Holy Land, into Canaan land. 
For those of you that know Bible history a little bit, there was a, the children of Israel initially in Israel down to Egypt, 400 years, released from captivity, 40-year journey, wilderness. Now they've come up on the east side of the Jordan River. They've crossed the Jordan River, and, and they've begun to take the promised land. And here it is, a massive city stands in the way, Jericho. It's interesting. I think it's important to note, and it's a pattern that we see actually in our lives and throughout Scripture, that often right when we enter into our destiny, Right when we enter into the thing that God has actually given us, there's always a battle. By the way, there was battles on the east side of the Jordan River, some little mini skirmishes, and then a big one right when they stepped into it. Don't think it's strange right after you get married. Don't think it's strange right after you start that. Don't think it's strange right after you step into what God has that all of a sudden you hit a Jericho. It's all throughout the Bible. Wow, you know, Pastor, you know, I was just not, I mean, I was serving the devil. I mean, it seemed like everything was going right for me. That's not true. You have amnesia. But anyway, what? Well, yeah, I mean, and then I, you know, then I served the Lord. You know, it's like, bam, you know, it's like all hell busted out. Yes, of course it did, because you switched jerseys. You had a Saints jersey. Now you put on a Falcons jersey. I don't know, vice versa. Excuse me, Falcons. Did you see us take them out yesterday? We're coming for you next year. But anyway, so. there's always, there's always, don't think it's strange. There's always a battle. Man, God's called me. God's marked me. This is amazing. Many of you have read this story, and it almost seems storybook-like. I mean, did this really happen? I mean, the walls, the trumpets, wound blowing. Blah, blah. The truth is, is that a number of years ago, archaeologists we're digging in Israel and uncovered the fallen walls of Jericho. There was actually two sets of walls. Each wall was 10 feet thick with the space between the two walls of 15 to 20 feet. It was also clearly found the city was destroyed suddenly, like the Bible says. The way in which the walls fell, they found the walls fell outward exactly as the Bible says. Friends, the Bible story of the walls of Jericho really took place. Jericho is a perfect illustration for talking about our real enemies, the impossibilities that we all face. We step into that new year. We step into that new thing. And there is that opposing enemy snarling at us, just looking at us with a big bony finger. I dare you. I dare you to take a step toward me. I dare you to believe God. I dare you to fight this thing. And that big opposing enemy was staring at the children of Israel. They couldn't go around it. They had to go through it. Maybe that's where you are. The fact is, is that you love this church and you want to serve the Lord. And maybe you're a new Christian or maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a long time. And the reality is, if everybody really knew what you were dealing with, by the way, let me help everybody. Everybody's dealing with something. There's just honest people that talk about it and dishonest people that deny it. But that big Jericho looms. And so you've come to prepare. I, I'm gonna equip you and our speakers will equip you this week of how to win, how to fight. It's a real enemy, a real struggle. Maybe that anxiety, that depression. Well, you know, your mom had it, your grandma had it, your grandma, your parent, whoever, they are, and so it's gonna be on you. No, it doesn't have to be that way. Well, your dad was an alcoholic, your grandfather was an alcoholic, everybody's an alcoholic. No, 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 no. We're gonna break that in the blood of Jesus, and then we're gonna start a new generation. Come on, how many of y'all believe that? We, we don't have to. We, we don't have to do that. The reality is that Jericho stares at so many of us. There's a man that works for us. His name is Lee, and he was getting his doctorate at the Baptist Seminary, and he is a brilliant man, and he leads our college. And Years ago, his wife got in a car wreck. It was a tragic wreck. She didn't die, but, and they were two weeks away from getting their insurance in place. You know where I'm going with this. And it was a very costly wreck. She was, 
She was in uh, the hospital for eight weeks. They racked up $250,000 of medical bills. He had a drop out of seminary. He ended up getting two or three jobs. He literally went into a depression. He said, my gosh, this was one of the, it was just a horrific situation. He started coming to Church of the King. We started talking to him. I said, Lee, let's just believe God. Let's believe for the supernatural. Like we believe God can do miracles. Like we don't just have to like give in to that. Like, like, let's press against it. Let, let's believe God. Let's believe for the supernatural. He goes, well, I just, I, 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 I okay. And we started believing. And can, can I tell you something? You, you hear about these stories, but like this one really happened. The hospital calls, the hospital, and literally cancels 200,000 of it. Then they had three lines of credit with three different banks. And they, within one week, canceled this one, this one. Within seven days, $250,000 of debt was abolished in the name of Jesus. And he was doing everything he could in the natural. I wonder if God is often waiting for us to do everything that we can. And then, boom, something happens. He shows up. It's exactly where we find Joshua in the story. Joshua finds himself by Jericho pressed against a seemingly, seemingly impossible enemy. Some of you are dealing with that right now. That addiction. That child. That marriage. That business challenge. It's a seeming insurmountable obstacle. I'm going to say it again. It's a seeming. It's not insurmountable. It's a seeming one. Three things that we learned from this biblical text. Number one, what did Joshua do? How did they defeat this enemy? Number one, worship. Everyone say worship. The first thing we need to do when we face an impossible enemy, if you're writing this down is we need to get a correct perspective. This is a spiritual battle. We are not in just a natural battle. The problem is sometimes we're dealing with, we're dealing with spiritual realities and we're trying to employ natural means to defeat spiritual enemies. You, you can't defeat spiritual enemies with natural means. He needed a perspective shift. Most people don't understand this. They think all their problems are just normal. No, some of the things you're dealing with, it's not normal. It's not natural. There's a real devil and he hates you. The Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What is pleasant about that mission statement? Nothing. He hates you. He hates your kids. He hates your family. And he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And so what happens is we, we are dealing in all the spiritual realities and we're trying to employ natural strategies to defeat spiritual beings. And we have to have a perspective shift. My prayer for you as we come into 2024 is we have a perspective shift. What if we saw life from God's perspective? Worship is the key. To solve spiritual problems, we need to, watch us employ spiritual weaponry. We quickly lose our perspective and get consumed with our problems. We all do. I got kid problems, I got business problems, I got financial problems, I got, and, 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 we, and these are all natural problems we think. But what's behind the curtain? What's behind? We, we, the, Paul says we're in a spiritual battle. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. You think your problem is with your wife. It's really principalities and powers. You think it's with your boss. It's really principalities and powers. In other words, there's, there's, there are people behind, there are spiritual beings behind the curtain. I know this may be new for some people. It may feel a little bit, uh, Pastor, are you, are you saying there's a devil behind every bush? No, but there's probably one behind every other bush. And God was teaching them that there needed to be a perspective shift. Let's go back to Joshua. There he was looking at his problem. There's the walls, and there's Jericho. Look at verse 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and he looked. And behold, a man stood opposite him with the sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, are you for us or for our adversaries? That's a good question. And he said, no, but as commander of the Lord, the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth, and he worshipped. Everyone say worshipped. And he said, what does my Lord say to his servant? Again, he lifted up his eyes. I believe what he saw 
was what's called a theophany. A theophany, theos, the word God. It's a pre, watch this, it's a pre-incarnate state of Christ. It's Christ in the Old Testament. Some say an angel of the Lord. I believe it was Christ in the Old Testament. A theophany. And what was this all about? Why, listen, why was God showing up like that to Joshua? Here's why. Because Joshua was about, don't miss this, Joshua was about to go into one of the biggest battles of his life. But if Joshua went into that battle, fighting that battle in his own strength, he'd be defeated. What, What Jesus was doing with Joshua, Joshua, listen, give me your sword. I'm going to give you my spiritual sword because you're not going to defeat this spiritual enemy with natural means. There was an exchange. And the exchange happened because God was, hey, Joshua, you're no longer in charge of this army. I am. What does it mean that God fights our battles? What does that mean? What does it really mean that God fights our battles? Does it mean we don't show up? we got to show up, but it means that there's supernatural activity happening that we don't see, that God is fighting our battles. He defeated the enemy at the cross, and there's angelic warfare. In other words, in other words, we are there, but God is really there. What if God really showed up? What if you really believe that? He was telling Joshua, Joshua, guess what? You're no longer in charge of this. How many times have we messed things up in life? How many times have we not seen the miraculous? Because we demanded to stay in charge when God says, I want to be in charge of your life. Yeah. The Bible says that he worshipped. After lifting his eyes, Joshua began to gain a proper perspective. My prayer for you as a pastor, my prayer for you in 2024, my prayer for the church that I serve, is that all of us, that we would catch a glimpse through worship of the greatness of God, of the grandness of God, that we would see, that we would see our problems not looking up, but we would see our problems looking down at them through the eyes of Jesus. What would happen to your life if you saw that challenge through God's eyes? Worship positions our soul in a place that's so different than our natural eyes. Oh my gosh. Worship shifts our perspective. He asked the man, are you for me or my enemies? Jesus said, I'm not here under your command or anyone else's. I'm the captain of the host of the Lord. In other words, he was saying, I'm officially, Joshua, I'm officially removing you from your job position. You are no longer in charge. I am, I lead, you follow. How many people are leading their own lives? And God wants to be your leader. How many people are waking up with no conscious awareness of the leadership of the Holy Spirit? God's saying, give me the control. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe you don't know Christ. Maybe you're not sure about your relationship with God. And you keep going through the same cycle after cycle after cycle. And you came, somebody brought you on a Monday night to Milestone Church. Can I help you with something? God's plan for your life is better than your plan for your life. God's dream for your life is better than your dream, but you've got to give over the control. As a believer, worship shifts our perspective. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If you then were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above. So many times we're looking at the natural. God says, look up. Everyone say, look up. Set your mind on things above. That's what we're doing this week at Milestone Church, at Church of the King. We're believing God. We're setting our mind above. Look at Joshua chapter 6, verse 2. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I've given Jericho into your hands. See is an important word. See is an important word because he's telling Joshua, get your vision straight. Get your vision straight. You're looking at the wrong thing, Joshua. You're looking at Jericho. I've given Jericho. Don't look at the problem. Don't look at the problem through your eyes. See what I've done. See what I've done in the life of your kid. See what, I, see what I've done in your body. See what I've done in your soul. In other words, you've got to shift your vision. Worship takes you out of looking at life from the natural, and it allows you to see life from God's perspective. So you can see. Your eyes are open. My prayer for you this week is that you would see life from God's perspective. That you would see your marriage from God's perspective. Listen, 
Everybody look right here. That you would see your challenges from God's perspective. He says, see. In other words, if you see Jericho is this huge, looming challenge, it overwhelms you. But as you can see it from God's perspective, if you can see that kid from God's perspective, if you can see that sickness from God's perspective, if you can see that anxiety from God's perspective, if you can see life from God's perspective, yeah, maybe you are struggling right now. Maybe you're struggling with something right now. It's so overwhelming to you. He said, see, I've given. Notice, I've given Jericho into your hand. Let's talk about that for a moment. Had they taken Jericho in the natural, yes or no? No. And yet God says, I've given it to you. You've got to see it in the spirit. You've got to understand the promise of God before you see it manifested in the natural realm. You've got to see it. You, you've got to see your body heal. You've got to see that kid serving God. You got to see yourself filled with the joy of the Lord. But if you still see yourself depressed and broken down, if you don't see yourself the way that God sees you, you'll always stay there. He says, see. Everybody say, see. He said, see, I've already given it. In the natural, it was still under the control of the, uh, of the enemy right at that point. You got to see. You got to see the promise of God's word is greater than the problems in your life. You got to see the, 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 the witness of the Spirit and the, and the promise of God. This is what we see first. We see this first. We see it on the inside. We, we meditate and then we see it here. God has given it to you. God has given you freedom because of the cross. God has given you wholeness because of the cross. God has given you deliverance because of the cross. God is, listen, God sees that kid saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, you and your household. How many of y'all thankful for the power of household salvation? Come on, do y'all believe that or not? <laughs> Stay with me, I'm almost finished. I'm challenging you. You gotta see what God wants you to see. He told Joshua, what worship does, worship gets you to see things differently. Worship takes your eyes off seeing it in the natural, and it sees it according to God's promise. Number two, the second word is walk. Everyone say walk. Number one is worship. Number two is walk. The second thing we must realize when facing an impossible situation, and this is, this is important. Stay with me. You're never going to forget this message. Worship, walk, and war. Worship, walk, and war. Pastor, I want to defeat the giants in my life. Worship God, walk, and war. Walk is unique. Walk is about obedience. It's about doing what God tells you to do before you see it manifested in the natural. It's about obeying God. Look at Joshua chapter 6, verse 3. You shall march around the city, all of you men of war. You shall go around the city once, and this you shall do six days. Six in the, num in the Bible is a number of represents man's responsibility. In, in other words, Joshua is now going to have to do something to cooperate with God in the battle. Again, miracles sometimes happen instantaneous. But miracles sometimes, watch this, sometimes happen over time. But it's still a miracle. Don't, don't, don't discount that. But oftentimes, God requires a greater measure of our obedience to participate in that miracle. Yeah. The little boy with the fish and loaves. Jesus could have manifested out of nothing fish and loaves. But, but he used something. In other words, the miracle you're believing God for this week, God may ask you to do something to participate to see it come to pass. Yeah. Look what he said right here. March around the city once with all of you armed men. Do this for six days. Everyone say worship. And everybody say walk. I'm talking about how to overcome impossibilities in 2024. Number one, worship shifts your perspective. You see through the eyes of God what God has given you according to his promise. And now there's the requirement of obedience. Yeah. The sense of walking is not like any walking here. March around the city. March around the city. There's a, there's, a, there's a certain cadence to marching. There's, there's a certain cadence to it. I, last summer, I was actually uh, in San Antonio, and I was in an airport. And it was powerful. I, I was getting my bags, and <laughs> there was, 
I, I think they were in the Navy. Is it, it was incredible. These 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 men were all at the baggage claim, and they were getting their bags, and the and the commander was there, and I, and I and I mind taking a little bit longer to get, and they had all got their bags, and they all began to march through the airport. It was the most powerful thing I've seen, and there was a cadence. It was it was it was beautiful. It was like this is amazing. And they were marching, and they and they were and they were all there was a cadence to it, and they were all in order, and they were all connected, and, and they were under the command of their leader, and it was so powerful. He said, March around that city. What, what I have found is that when I'm going against an addiction or or a problem or a challenge or or a wound, something that is so can, can I tell you, there's a certain spiritual cadence that's necessary to position your soul to defeat that thing. Uh, there's something about showing up. Uh, there's something about walking. Well, Pastor, I came to I, I came the first night to, to prepare and I believe God for a miracle and nothing happened. How about come the next night? Well, pastor, I came the next night, nothing happened. Well, how about come the third night? Well, well, how about show up at church next weekend? In other words, in other words, there's a power in walking. There's a power of just showing up every day in your word. There's a power in just showing up. In other words, we're participating with God. There's a power in showing up at small group. Pastor, what if I go to a small group and the people are weird? Well, go to another one. This is in China. Sorry. Not really, but anyway, so. Well, pastor, what if we go to a small group and the other people are weird? Well, go to another one. If you go to a third one and everyone's weird, there's only one common denominator going to every small group. I thought I'd just share that with you, Brother Jeff. I just, you gotta show up. You want God to do something new? How many of y'all want God to do something new and fresh in your life in 2024? Can I say, can, can I say, you gotta show up. Everybody say, show up. Worship shifts your perspective. Your walk, listen, your walk is you showing up in obedience. It's showing up to church. It's showing up to small group. It's showing up to meetings like that. It's showing up. In other words, what is the church? What is the church? What would they like for us to do? Everything that's offered this year, we're going to do it. Boy, that would be novel, Pastor. Wouldn't that be powerful? It's just, do you think the church just kind of designs programs? We'll do this for them. It's not like a la carte. I'll do this. It's like, just do everything. Just show up. Show up in prayer. Fast when you got to fast. Just whatever the church is doing. In, 20, in other words, how desperate are you for change? How desperate? Well, I'll just do a little bit of this. Well, I'll just go, like, you know, I used to go Christmas, a little bit of Easter. And, and then I just kind of went one time. Pastor Jeff was hilarious. And it was, so we went two weeks in a row. Then he wasn't as funny. So we didn't come for a month. Okay, that's not true. But anyway, everybody said you got to show up. You got to show up, and you need a small group. You got to be in cadence. There's a certain cadence, and there's a spiritual cadence. What, 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 what? God literally could have blew the walls down, but what was He doing? He was getting them to obey Him to position their souls for breakthrough. Well, I just don't, I just don't want to go to small. Well, I don't want to go to a counselor. I, I don't want to show up. Well, how bad do you? Well, so we're going to go to these little recovery groups. We're all going to sit around and talk about how we have addictions. Yes. Until the addiction's broken. Well, how long do I have to do it? Until it's gone. Well, what if it takes a year? Well, then keep going. In other words, just keep going. There's another spit coming. By the way, I just spit on you. I apologize. You're baptized in the name of the Father. So, okay, anyway. I'm from Louisiana. We're all Catholic. But anyway, so. Everybody say walk. I'm trying to help you right now. You're going to have to keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going and keep showing up at church and keep showing up at prayer meeting and keep showing There's a power in pro And how long do you have to show up? Until you're free. Until, you're, until whatever God's promised you, you're experiencing it. Everybody say worship. Everybody say walk. You know, there was a, um, I share this story from time to time. I got saved. And when I gave my heart to Jesus, nine months after I got saved, a demonic spirit of fear came into my room. When I tell you a demonic spirit, by the way, fear is a mindset, but it's also a demonic power. 
God has not given you a spirit of fear. Numa, that's a spirit. That's not a mental attitude. It's called a demon spirit. A demon spirit came into my room. I didn't see a face, but I felt his presence. It was evil. And I'm serving God. Now remember, I'm partying, living like the devil in the French Quarter nine months before this. I'm saved, baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit and all this. And now I got a demon spirit come in my room. Can I tell you something? I was terrified. I slept with my lights on, listening to worship music for months. I'd go to sleep at nighttime, and I, I, this, I, like my, if I go to sleep, I'm going to die. Somebody's under the bed. It was demonic. And a guy that was discipling me, Doug Armand, told me, he said, Steve, what you need to do is, you, 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 there's a de- it's a demon spirit. You don't have to just give in to that. How, much, how often are we just giving in to things that God tells us to confront? Everybody say worship. Everybody say walk. And everybody say war. So what is Joshua? Now? I'm going to come back to my story. What is Joshua? Now? I'm almost finished. Joshua number one, through worship. What was God doing? That theophany. He was saying, Joshua, you better get your eyes on me and not on the problem. The number one way to be defeated by a problem is to focus on the problem. The strength of the law is sin. Can I tell you, 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 sin in the law. You can't focus on the law. You can't focus on sin to get free from sin. You can't focus on your problem to deal with your problem. You got to focus on God. He has the solution for your problem. Amen. Worship. This year, flood your mind with worship. Number two, walk. Number three is war and we're done. The third point to consider in facing our real enemies, we are truly in a war. We're in a war. Let me tell you, the devil, this is not a game. It's not a game in our culture. It's not a game in people's lives. Everybody knows the statistics. There's literally life and death situations. Kids dying, teenagers dying, people being ripped apart. Why? There's a real devil. Pastor, is it the end times? It's your end times. Did you get that? You don't get another shot. We don't believe in reincarnation. You did bad. Come back as a roach. That was funny. There's only one life. It's your end times. I will say this. I believe it's closer to the end. And there's a real, the Bible talks about the devil. It's real. It's a real war. There's a real battle. Joshua chapter 6, verse 20. So the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpet. So worship. Everyone say worship. Everybody say walk. Everybody say war. So the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30. By faith. Everyone say, by faith. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they encircled it for seven days. How do we war? Number one, we worship. We get our eyes off the problem. We put our eyes on Jesus. We see life through God's perspective. Number two, we walk. We obey. We show up. We show up with our small group. We show up to church. We show up to prayer. How often do we keep showing? We just keep showing up. We keep showing up. But then there's a moment. There's a moment. And that moment where you are responsible to speak the word to that thing. Death and life and the power of the tongue. You speak the word. You speak the word. God doesn't speak the word for you. You speak the word against that sickness. You speak the word. You call in that kid. You you speak the word against that oppression. No, you declare. You speak against those walls. The power. The sword of the spirit. What is the sword of the spirit? It's the, when the Bible is in your heart coming out of your mouth. Doug Armand, the guy that was discipling me, he said, Steve, you need to get on a three-by-five card and write down scriptures. And at nighttime, when that demon spirit comes in the room, when that devil comes in the room, I want you to get out of bed and you start walking the floor and you start speaking the word. I remember telling him this. Pastor, I said, can you come do it for me? (laughs) Let me tell you, as great as that man is, one of the greatest pastors in America, let me tell you, he can't fight the devil for you. He can equip you and teach you how. Yeah. I rolled out of bed, I remember. 
month five, month six. My mom, I went to go play football at a college. I ended up staying home. My first semester, I got saved, long story. So I was actually living at the house. My mom, I remember, she goes, Steve, why do you sleep with the lights on? I said, Mom, it's the craziest thing in the world. She said, there's a demon spirit that comes in my room every night to torment me. And I have to. Doug said, so I started rolling out of bed at night. Month five, month six, I had scriptures, my three by five cards. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. I memorized Psalms, the whole Psalms. I memorized whole books. You know, he who dwells in the secret place in the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord. And I just started, I, I just started speaking the word. I'm speaking the word. Everybody say, speak the word. You want transformation in 2024? Worship, walk, and there's a moment where you got to speak the word. Your preacher can't speak it for it. You got to speak the word. And I began to speak the word against it. Month six, I slept a little bit better. A little bit better. That demon spirit would come into my room at nighttime. Month seven, I'm speaking the word. I've got my three by five, seven cards. I'm speaking the word. I'd be up at two o'clock in the morning. Speak the word. Month nine. Month nine. I remember I woke up. I woke up and I went, it's broken. It's broken. It's broken. It's broken. And I remember my head. I'm not tormented anymore. Oh my gosh. This is broken. And there was a confidence that came. Not in my flesh. But God did it. But he did it through his word. Come on, y'all feel that? Listen. Listen to me. Greater is he that is in you than the devil that's in the world. Light is stronger than darkness. Health is stronger than sickness. Joy is stronger than depression. And Jesus is stronger than the devil. Yeah. Everybody say worship. Everybody say walk. What is God calling you to this year? Show up. Keep showing up. There's another spit coming. Keep showing up. And then you are. You speak the word. You declare the word. And I'm telling you, death, hell, and the grave will yield to the word of God. Come on, y'all receive that word. Y'all receive that pastor. Come on up. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.